Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of three Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. I'm DC. I'm A-Dub. I'm Press. Fellas, what's good? Man, I can't call it, man. All I'm, I'm doing over here while I'm podcasting with y'all, and I'm smelling some delicious food, like just being made in the other room, so... Brother, I'm all good over here, man. All good. Man, that sounds good. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. How y'all fellas doing, man? Good to hear from y'all. Oh, absolutely. It's always good to be back on with you guys. Another another week in paradise, man. It's that time of the year, man. You got me, you know, like ready for the aromas, man. You got got to get some... uh, Gotta get some good food in the belly this week. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man. It starts tomorrow. It starts tomorrow. And now listen, the leftovers on Friday morning gonna be hitting pretty good. And shit, probably <laughs> Saturday too, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> I will tell you, bros, man. This is the only time I really can eat leftovers, man. It's when it's Thanksgiving dinner, I can eat leftovers of that, man. I can't really eat leftovers of anything else other than pizza. But man, I'm I'm looking forward to this, friends. All right, so I got to ask you, A-Dub, before we get into this episode, what you got against leftovers, man? <laughs> I just don't like it, man. That's all. It don't taste the same when you throw in the microwave. That's all. Okay, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. No, so the reason why I asked you that, because uh, on one of the other shows that I'm on, we do a fair file, and someone basically said the same thing, and then people wrote in, they were like, well, man, if, if you if you hungry, you'll eat whatever is there. So I'm just curious where it was coming from. I'm just curious where it was coming from. <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel you, A-Dub. You know, I wasn't always big on leftovers, but it depends on who's making it and what dish it is. Because not everything does taste good, you know, after it's warmed back up and heated back up. But I tell you, man, mac and cheese. Woo! You, you could, mm. man, that's always mm. hidden after after the fact it's like it sets in a little bit and then it just gets better that's a great leftover dish i ain't gonna lie to you dc that's all i was thinking when adel was talking when he was like he loves the, the thanksgiving meals leftovers because that macaroni and cheese bro that thing slaps the day of the day after and two days later <laughs> and i get man. mad sometimes too when people eat the last of that leftover macaroni and cheese i'm like man <laughs> so y'all don't love me around here what we doing? <laughs> right. Hey, man, y'all got saw, me hungry, man. Y'all better chill. <laughs> I saw something on Twitter today. Uh, one of the Patriots players, Matt uh, Matt Judon, he said uh, mac and cheese is just it's just noodles and cheese. Trying to trying to give some slander to mac and cheese. I saw man. That. That's I that's saw. uncalled for. Can can I just say something real quick about that, brother? They need to take yep. a card away from him. That's all I'm going to tell him. You can't ever be saying no shit like that about no back of cheese, bro. I'm sorry. 
the answer. Take that, slap him. Take, take that shit clean away from him. You are not invited to the cookout either, my bro. Cannot come. Stay home, man. Hey, man, his, 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 his lineage is disappointed right now. <laughs> yeah. Shaking the head. No way. Hey. Look, Rosa Parks did not sit down for you to make that blasphemous comment, sir. Do not say that again ever. Ever. He must have. He must have grew up on Kraft mac and cheese because I don't know what mac and cheese he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he was on that bullshit no mac and cheese. That bullshit mac and cheese. <laughs> right, the eighty-eight cent. Pour some water in it and heat it up. <laughs> hey, you a fool for that one, DC? <laughs> hey, look, he he was eating that creamy shit. That's his problem. That's your, that's your... Well, audience, y'all probably tuned in not to listen to us clowning somebody about mac and cheese, but get some. That's what we do here. We we authentic on this show, and we love to eat. So anyhow, this podcast is brought to you by Crave It. You can connect with us on our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. The Crave It application is on Apple and Android. Fellas, we haven't talked baseball in a while. And me and D.C. Chicago White Sox have already struck and made a nice little move here. So we signed Graveman to a nice little three-year deal. And I'm really happy about that because one of the things that I saw that crept up in the playoffs is our pitching was a little suspect, though, in that series against the Astros. So now we got another reliable reliever coming in here, and I'm hoping that they move Kimbrell out of here. So I'm hoping that this guy's kind of just taking his place. But, fellas, thought it was a nice little early move for the White Sox for free agents. Yeah, that's a very good move, Prez. Um, you know, Graveman got good skill set, of course. No, he's a very good setup man. He's done good in the playoffs at that, playing with the Astros. So the guy's getting a nice guy, you know, got some experience. So you can dig that. Like you said, Prez, you all struggle in the bullpen, especially in the playoffs. He's the guy that can help you out in that department. Yeah, and and to your point, Prez, uh, Kimbrell was the first name that I thought of that this would uh, <laughs> directly affect. But, uh, yep. yeah, definitely get another guy uh, that's got some experience under his belt. Um, you know, early thirties, man, he's, he's going to come in and just add to the, to the group of guys. And then, you know, the chemistry that we're building over there on the South side. Yeah. And I guess this is the last point that I have for the audience is think about the things that we did not get a lot of in that playoff series. We had a lot of our pitchers that weren't throwing strikes. When you look at Graveman, that's what he does. He throws strikes and he also gets a lot of ground balls. So if you guys remember in that Astro Sox series, our players were just hitting that shit into the ground. But they have a lot of those type of pitches there on that Astros system there. So now we get one of those guys, and I would love to have another pitcher like that because you guys know how the ball flies out at the cell. So keep that damn ball on the ground. Keep that shit out of the air. And that's a very good point you brought up, Fred, about keeping that ball on the ground. You're right. He can help you all out with that because he was shutting you all down as well. I think he pitched three games against y'all. You only got one run off of him. That's that first game. But other than that, he kind of shuts you all down. So had to throw it out there. You always like talking about old shit, bro. We, we talk about old shit. <laughs> I had to bring it up. I couldn't help it, man. I couldn't help it. I see, man. That boy, that hate is real, man. This is this is the season of gratitude, A-Dub. Come on, man. Damn. You're right. I, I'll do this tomorrow, all right? <laughs> Damn. <Well, today> we- <laughs> Y'all hear that, audience? You hear that? That hate. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to remind us. I know. We remember, A-Dub. We remember. That's why we signed the motherfucker, right? <laughs> exactly. You got you a good one. I'm not hating no, that. You got you a good one, man. Hey, that reminds me of that old Chappelle skit, the player haters ball. Hate, 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 hate. hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a Every chance he can get when he comes to our damn White Sox, bro. Every chance he can get. Hey, man. Hey, the door open, I'm going to walk through it. Hey. All right. <laughs> hey, be careful of them doors you're walking through, bro. I'm just telling you. 
Hey man, chill, friends. That's it, man. Chill, man. Chill. Look, you said it. <laughs> All right, y'all. But but for real though, I, I'm very happy with this move, and I'm sure it's just the first of many that they're gonna make. Reinsdorf is showing us that he's willing to spend some money here. He sees an opportunity here, and I, and I like the fact that they're going for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what you have to do. You know, we've seen in sports now, it's getting more and more competitive year after year. And it takes an owner uh, opening up his checkbook in order to play that game and, and to be competitive. So we love the fact that he's doing that with the Sox. We've seen he's doing that with the Bulls. So, you know, we're, we're going to get a championship between one of those two organizations very, very soon. That is damn, that's for damn sure. And, and I don't know if it's Jerry, if it's Michael, somebody ain't got to him, man, because this man, he never spent no money like this. He didn't even spend like that during the Bulls, you know, dynasty term. <laughs> he reluctantly uh-huh. gave Mike the bag. He reluctantly gave him that money. <laughs> it's that time. It's that time to spend, man. Spend wisely. I think you all need a pitchers like this here who can pitch in the playoffs, and you also need to just win in general, right? So the fact they spending money, bringing out the bag for both teams, Guess what? Both teams are doing well. Yeah, and we got we got a good good look at them up close, you know, with the in that Astros series too. So it's you know we see it's going to come down to pitching. Pitching is the key, but we've got hitters though. Mm-hmm. We've we've got hitters. So I just I just like the fact that that they know, um, you know, where their bread is butter, and the first move is with uh, within that bullpen there. Yeah, that 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 shows you a team that's self aware and they know what's up. But a dub. I got to ask you, man, what your Cubs doing? They've been quiet. Been a little quiet, man. You know, uh, we've been making some little small moves. Um, I've been looking at some of our guys out there, you know, um, in the farm system and checking them out. So right now we kind of go on the quiet side of things. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, artists. So you hear that? Crickets over there. I asked him what he was working with over there, but he, he was chirping. He was real He was real talkative when it came to our socks over here. So just want y'all to remember that. I just want to remember Brother Dub and them little comments because I asked him what his team was doing. He had none for us. He's talking about the farm system. Yes, Bob about the farm system. Ain't nobody yes, worried about the farm. Ain't nobody worried about the farm. Yes, you are. That's how you build up. What do you think you got what you got, right, with some of those guys? They came from your farm, didn't they? Well, but you know, they also made some other moves, too. <laughs> yeah, we did, too. So we got our championship a few years back. Exactly. We some other moves, but you need that young talent to go along with it. I hear you. I know. I know. Hey, listen. What was that, 2016? What, what year was that? Was that 2016 when y'all won? Hey, come on, man. There you go. There <laughs> I'm you just saying. Listen, go. hey, 2016 was a good year. I remember that year. I always tell you, I had a hairline back then. It was a good time in my life. I was gonna, I was gonna pile on with the uh, with that crickets comment because I'm like, wait a minute, Tom Ricketts or is it Tom Crickets? Ooh. I don't know. Like, I don't know, but I see what you did. <laughs> hey, 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 listen, hey, listen, y'all remember? <laughs> you remember what you remember? What A does, boy, that little Cubs fan at the bar that we like to frequent. He was mad as hell with the Ricketts family. He was mad as hell. He was like, look, all they care about is spending money on hotels. They don't want to build the team. I hope I run into him again. I'm like, listen, I got a really good friend over here that's a diehard Cubs fan, and he supports Tom Ricketts. What you think about him? Man, look, man, ch- 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 y'all need to chill out, man. You look, 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 y'all need to chill out, for real, man. You and DC's to calm down. Y'all need to relax, man. Who care about what the other Cubs fan thought, man? We picked up some guys. I mean, we had Wade Mallory. We added him to us. Came from Cincinnati. He pitched well. So we got mm-hmm. some guys we're looking to make some moves with. So you all need to calm down, man. Relax, fellas. We're going to show you all what we're about you know, next season. We got some things happening. So just relax. 
You're going to hear more about the Cubs down the road. But right now, I want y'all to enjoy y'all the move y'all made for the White Sox. I'm definitely enjoying it. I got popcorn over here. DC always talk about the Michael Jackson gift. Popcorn That's me right me. now. Yeah. <laughs> That's me right now with that big ass smile on my face, boy. That's the big ass. I smile bet on my you face. do. I bet you do. I bet you do got one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what? I want the Cubs to be competitive. You know, I, I've always wanted before before I check out of this life. I want a, a White Sox Cubs World Series. Oh man, I want Chicago so in that spotlight. That would be so dope. I don't think this city would be able to handle it. I know I wouldn't. I'd be drunk in the street every game of that World Series. I wouldn't be able to handle that. That would be too much for me. You yeah, imagine the dope, city man. would be so lit. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be the hit. I mean, we saw the Bulls win. Of course, you saw your White Sox. We saw the Cubs win. But though going against each other, White Sox and Cubs, that would be epic, man. I mean, an epic thing to see. So I hope that I hope that happens in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah we'll see. see we 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 need y'all to catch up. Come yeah, on, man. Cubs got to get it get it together. Call up. We, t- we Tom. coming, man. <laughs> we we coming, man. Chill out, man. Tom Cricket, he ain't no cricket, man. Yeah, hey, man, we coming, man. Y'all saw what Caleb Killian did, man. Did y'all now see? Who? Oh, okay, I, I see y'all don't know. Y'all haven't done y'all homework on him yet. It's all good. It's cool, man. It's, it's cool, man. And again, I, I asked who? <laughs> yeah. okay. 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 okay, 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 all right, all right. Listen, he just came to town. I don't, I don't know nothing yet, so we'll see what happens there. All right, all right. Well, he pitched well in the championship game, so it's cool. All right, well, cool. Well, we'll see what happens okay. there. But audience? We're going to move on to discussing <laughs> Illinois men's basketball. So as you guys know, we talked about earlier this season, we are going to be covering Big Ten Conference this year, football and obviously basketball. So U of I, basketball, they're back. And it's been kind of a mixed bag so far, fellas. So the team has kind of struggled a little bit. Kofi Coburn was out on suspension for uh, three games. And so they lost the game to Cincinnati. They lost the game to Marquette. They rebounded against Kansas State. So it's been kind of a mixed bag. But, fellas, what is kind of just some of your initial thoughts when you look at this U of I team? When I look at just the overall mix of what they have, they have a lot of talent on the roster. But when I look at it, I feel like the fact that they don't have Io, who was their closer last season, I think that's really affecting this team right now because they don't have a guy that's answered that challenge. But I want to get you guys' just kind of initial thoughts on the team. Well, in that Cincinnati game, I did not like – their percentage as far as field goal percentage, three point percentage, it was it was ugly. It was just mm-hmm. it was not a good look. Um, but I I hear you on the IO factor. Um uh, assume we we've seen what he's brought to the Bulls. That kind of attitude, um, that's where one of these guys are gonna have to step up and assume that role. No, that's a very good point you brought up there. Um Oh, DC, uh, in that game against Cincinnati, in addition to that, is that you can't blow leads like they did. You know, uh, they had a nice little lead in that, in that game against Cincinnati. You can't blow mm-hmm. it. I mean, you, you got to understand how to play an inside-outside game with coffee, right? And I think sometimes they forget about them at times, Perez, and then go off and play on the perimeter too much, and the guys start jacking up shots. And that pretty much prevents you from, you know, getting some easy buckets. So uh, I think they got to do a very good job around that part of the game. I think on defense, they can't, t- on defense, they got to step their game up on pick and roll. I see them getting killed a lot of times on that with giving up easy buckets or also giving up three point shot attempts on that. So you got to be better on the defensive end as well. But IO was pretty good in that department when he played with them last year. And that's something that's missing right there, too, because he also brought energy, speed to the game to keep the game up tempo. But you're starting to see this Illinois team play a lot of um, half court game. And sometimes that can be to their demise. Well, I, that was always been their, been their style of play, even while Iowa was here. They were more of a half-court team. 
The thing that Io brought to the table, though, was the fact that he had that ice water in his veins. He would hit those tough shots. And when the Big Ten part of the schedule picked up, that's when you could depend on him, whether you were at home or the road. If the ball was in one of those situations where you needed a bucket, Io was going to get that. So that was the point that I was making earlier. Who's going to be that guy on the team this year? Because, yeah, you could dump it down the paint to Kofi, but who's that guy on the perimeter is going to be able to make a play? Because we're seeing that Curbelo, he's turned the ball over a shit ton. Trent Frazier is yes. a hell of a player. He's a good two-way player. But Trent Frazier's not Io. So that's kind of been my thing that I've been looking at with this team. But I did want to touch on something that you guys brought up. You guys talked about the fact of they blew the lead. They did blow the lead. But the problem that in that Cincinnati game was not only the fact that they blew the lead, but when Cincinnati tightened the reins on them defensively, Illinois had no answers. That's when Cincinnati went on that run. And that was really complicates things with this Illinois offense right now to me is the fact that if Cabello's turning the ball over, if you got the other guys on the team that aren't stepping up, if Plumber's not hitting shots, then where's the offense? It's going to bottle down, and that's what we saw in that Cincinnati game. Yeah, and the thing is, Fred, you also saw them rushing three-point shots, right? Because now, all of a sudden, no one can create their own like Io could. So now you're rushing, you're, you're shooting up threes, and you're not making them. These are all really contested threes. Yeah, and, and you you have to, especially in a half-court offense, you got to be patient. you got to know... Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta understand what the defense is trying to do, and you gotta be creative too. You've seen, like I said, I, I keep going back to Iowa here, but you've seen, you know, second chance opportunities, you know, in the half court where Iowa's come in and you know will put backs or just like those extra hustle plays. Like mm-hmm. those, we're gonna have to have guys that can step in and, you know, if you miss the shot, all right, let's let's gang rebound, let's try to get another possession out of this. Yeah, and, and with Cincinnati, I mean, you have to think about this. That was his total domination. When I was watching that game, I'm like, are we a number 14 team in the country right now? Because we're sure not playing like it. Cincinnati wasn't even ranked. So to me, it's kind of an embarrassing game. And it's following that Marquette game that was also embarrassing. And so right now, I wonder if this is good for this to happen to this team now so they can kind of focus in. Because I feel like maybe they might have been feeling themselves a little bit. Cabello was starting to get a little bit of national profile. Kofi is Kofi. So I'm wondering if these losses are good for them because it kind of gets them to humble themselves a little bit and focus in a little bit more. No, that's a good point, Perez. Maybe that's a wake-up call, right, to, to dig in deeper on, on defense. Because I think you give, sometimes they gave up too much. And I know you talk about Cincinnati, but looking at Sanders, Davenport, man, those guys are just knocking down buckets, getting whatever they wanted. And I think from a defense standpoint, how do you slow that down, right? And I think that's where they got to really step their game up on is that, hey, we got to leave. We got to be able to stop these other guys from doing excessive scoring to where we go on droughts. So that's something that, that they, you can say first. They can't let Cincinnati do this to them. They can't let other unranked teams do this to them as well. So this could be the wake-up call. Yeah, hopefully it is. Hopefully it is because, you know, it is early. And mm-hmm. sometimes you do need to face that adversity because, you know, as you look at Kofi here, man, he's 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 built. <laughs> you know, he's he's <laughs> yeah. he's he's that guy. So yes, sir. you know, you definitely want to make sure everybody else has all hands on deck and is committed on both ends of the floor and not, like you said, Prez, you know, feeling themselves too much and you know, getting overconfident because you know this is gonna be a long season. So yeah, you know, could yeah. be a blessing in disguise. And I think so too, because as I mentioned in the open part. We came back and we beat Kansas State. And that was a good game. And that's when Kofi imposed his will in that game. He had a double-double, second game back. But I mentioned Plummer. Now, Plummer is a transfer from Utah. We brought him here for his scoring. Now, he can't play a lick of defense, but the guy can shoot. 
That game against Kansas State, he has seven three-pointers. And that's the thing yes. here in this offense. When you see that type of thing happen, that inside-outside game, AW, you talk about a lot. If we can get that consistently here, I think we'll be good in that Big Ten portion of the, of the schedule. And like you said, Prince, the North team plays a lot of half-court game, man. And they like to slow it down. And to DC point about making good ball movement, you make good ball movement, there's a guy open with that extra pass. If you can make those extra pass to Plummer, a guy like him who's shown the ability to hit threes, Braves, that's just good for us. Yeah, he only had he only had six points in that loss to Cincinnati, but like you said, you know, 21 big points. So he he he's he's shown that he could bounce back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, and in college basketball, you got a little bit of extra time there um to to generate uh some offense. So, you know, he could definitely be a key for uh, for the Illini. I think so too. And 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 I think with Trent Frazier, he went down. We don't know how long he he's going to be out. But I just wonder, okay, this stretch of the season, they get hitting them off a little bit earlier. The message that I think that Coach Underwood had for the team is that if life hits you, the weak are going to back down. They're going to quit. And so that's kind of like what my ideology is in life and also, too, when I look at this team. Hey, you guys had some adversity. How are you going to come back from it? Are you guys going to fold? So we'll see how this continues to go. But that Kansas State game was a step in the right direction, fellas. It was, man. I like the passion for us and that team. They came out ready to fight, you know, and um, you saw it, right? You saw a different game from against Cincinnati to how they were against Kansas um, State. And they, they kind of showed that we can fight, we can battle. They were able to get stops for us when they needed to. They were able to score when they needed to. And you like, I like what you were saying about that inside-outside game as well. You saw a bigger display of that in this game here. Definitely. And then just, you know, looking at, you know, what's ahead. I mean, right now, they're three and two. Coming up, they've got... A game against Rio Grande Valley. So yep, that's uh, on Friday. Yep. That's a team that is in a similar situation. Two losses. It's one of these mirror games. I know I talked about this uh, a few episodes back, you know, we were talking about the sky and, and and who they match up against. But yeah, this is this is like looking in the mirror. So if you want to make sure that you can analyze and assess yourself as a basketball team, you need to go up against a team in a, in a similar situation. So this will be a good test for them coming up. No, I agree with that, too. And also, D.C., one of the things that with this team that concerns me is the turnovers. Even in the Kansas State game, they turned the ball over quite a bit, and Kansas State was able to turn those turnovers into points. So that's going to be something that Illinois is going to have to be very diligent about going forward. So I think we'll see what they do Friday, because I think that's going to be a good sign. And what they're going to have to do, Perez, as well, is they're going to have to create turnovers, right, (laughs) in scoring and transition. So that also helps and keep the game going. Yeah, because that was the disparity in that Kansas State game and why Kansas State was kind of able to hang in there with them. So, no, good point there, uh, Ada. Yeah, but this this game should definitely be a game where, where Kofi can can feast because, you know, they, they they just don't have the size to match up with him. <laughs> no, they don't. They, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> and not many teams in the NCAA as well. And that's, that's one of the things that it's a saving grace for us that we can dump it down to the big fella, man, and he can get us those buckets that count, especially with that Big Ten conference uh, schedule comes i can't wait to see that because that's that's that man against boys time of the year when when the, when the big 10 <laughs> schedule comes kofi is gonna be feasting out there that's gonna be He's double gonna... double central yeah he is that phrase a double double guy man but i'm quite sure you're gonna start to see them double team them and uh try to put multiple bodies on them in that, in that zone so it's going to be very interesting how the team the rest of the players around kofi step their game up because he's going to face those double teams but that's why it's going to be important for guys like Plummer. Frazier, they'd be able to hit those outside shots to Monte Williams. Exactly. 
We'll definitely see. But to DC's point, hey, I'm just looking forward to seeing what they do here on Friday because this team's got a ton of potential, ton of promise, and there's a lot of excitement around the Illinois basketball. And we are very honored and pleasured that we'll be able to cover this team this season and audience will be getting that content to you guys as well. We're going to transition and, and switch gears a little bit over to the Windy City Bulls. Audience, as you guys know, we've been covering that team. We've been out to all the games at Hoffman Estate so far. So wanted to get my boys' thoughts here on some early standouts here on the Windy City Bulls because even though their record, 1-6, hasn't been as impressive, we've seen some individual contributors that have looked pretty good here. So I want to kind of get you guys some thoughts on a guy that's kind of stood out to you so far. Um, a guy that stood out to me so far, Prez, is Orturo. This guy is a double-double guy as well. I'm a big body, strong kid. I mean, he can place the paint, play the paint very well, Prez. You double down to him, he can go to work. So I've been really impressed with him um, early on. So Oturu, he's pretty good, man. Hey, yo, we were talking about Kofi being that double-double machine. That's all Daniel's been. And this is the thing that I've been really excited about him is the fact that we're starting to see some development from him. There's been a couple times that I see some frustration from him on the court that I haven't liked to see. He's let some opposing teams kind of get in his head. We saw it A-Dub or, you know, against that Motor City Cruise team. They were chirping a little bit at, at Daniel, and he was letting that get to him a little bit. That's one thing that he's going to have to buckle down a little bit more mentally tougher because, man, that ain't shit compared to when you get to the NBA and guys are going to be talking that shit to you. But the guy's got a lot of talent, especially offensively. Yeah, and yeah. I think for him, Press, in addition to what you said, I think it's going to be important for him to continue to develop defensively, get block shots, also be able to move his foot, and also rotate. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I, I agree. Daniel Oturo, he's got he's got a ton of potential there, but like you said, it's different. It's different at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um it's 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 hard not to give shine to Devon Dotson, man. It's it's really hard because he's <laughs> full he's taking full advantage of the opportunity there. And as he should, you know, he's he's right there on the precipice of being in the NBA. So he knows it too, DC. He knows it. Yeah, he he's he's got the cornrows going now. Like he's yeah, just like, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> got a new look, new look, baby. Right, he's like, I'm gonna get noticed one way or another. <laughs> so he's definitely letting his game uh, speak for itself. So um, I I just want to see a little bit more um, togetherness from the team, you know, yeah. because you know that one and six is it's not a good look, um, but. You know, they, they've, they've got to stay locked in. You see the big team, you know, even on the defensive end, these guys are on a string. They're all connected. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen that as much with the Windy City team. And, and D.C., that's a hell of a point. I do have, before I, I make my quick point here, how about that dunk that Dotson had on three people in that fucking game against the Motor City Crews? Was that the Ooh. nastiest shit that you've seen? That even made the sports to the top ten. Yeah. That's yeah. disgusting. Yeah, it was. I mean... You went to the cup. I was like, maybe he's going to lay it up. I was like, nah, he going for it, man. He got some athleticism. All I was envisioning when I was watching that thing, and it took everything in me not to jump out of my chair, but, you know, we're media, so we got to sit there and act like that shit wasn't dope. But I tell you, <laughs> all I imagine, Stacey King, I want to go higher. He's <laughs> <laughs> even watching all D. Rose highlights. <laughs> man, because that's how he looked on that. Because this is the thing. Dotson is 6'1". He had another gear in those legs because, like A-Dub said, I thought he was going in for the layup. And then all of a sudden, he just went, he got elevated. I'm like, oh, shit, he about to poke this on them. 
And then he did. And I, he looked over at that bench, and I'm like, yeah, he, he fucked all y'all up on that one. <laughs> For real, Press. I didn't even know he had that in his game. I was like, oh, you can do that too? Okay. All right. Because one thing I have been impressed with him, Press, I've been impressed with his mid-range shot because a lot of times these young guys don't shoot mid-range. They always shoot threes. So he is, he's been consistent at shooting that mid-range. But now you talk about not going to the cup and dunking, shit, hey, man, you a player. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You a player now. Well, this is the thing. People shouldn't be surprised about this because he's a former McDonald's All-American ball player, and he competed in the dunk contest against Zion. I mean, Zion won, but the fact of the matter, right. he was in that dunk contest with Zion. So the kids got some ups. Yes, yeah. and, and, and And there's no fear. No, you you see it. You see that in his game, just in his his body language, his demeanor. He he's not afraid. So at the next level, whether his shot comes with the Chicago Bulls team or another team, he's showing you little tricks here and there. He's got extra tools in the bag, so he's not afraid to pull them out. No, he's not at all. And to that point, the big team they got a lot of depth at the backcourt position. We all talked about that on the show. So it's going to be an uphill battle for Devon with that big league team. But I would hate for us to lose a guy like this in our system because he's a hell of a ball player. Yeah, that he is, Fred. And um, a lot of games we saw him play, man, he's been able to, you know, put up some buckets, you know. And um, if we can't keep him, I'm quite sure he'll probably land somewhere where he gets into the big league. But, man, I would love to keep him as well, man, on this team because um, I just like him. I like guys who understand how to play basketball, who understand the game, who uh, understand spots on the floor who has a good mid-range at their press. If you got a good mid-range in the game, that keeps you in the game pretty much. So I, I like what I see from him. And the kid can pass the ball very well and plays to his own pace. Yeah, he does. Now, I will say, A-Dub, this is something because of the media section and now arena were set up right next to the opposing bench. And you remember that those guys on that Motor City Cruise team, they was talking good shit to Devon Dotson. And what I saw in that matchup, though, was that some of that was starting to get to our Windy City Bulls players' heads. And that was when I looked over at you and I said, they got to block out that nerf, that chirping and shit because they kept yelling at Devon, like, you can't shoot. Whenever he would go to the foul line, they'd be like 61%. They were yelling at it. Or two, they were yelling their stats out at them, and it was affecting our players. And I just think that that's something that I hope the coach kind of helps these guys to kind of block out some of that outside noise. Because I've noticed that in a couple of games now that these opposing benches, they're talkative. <laughs> and our bench is more quiet. So, yeah. You brought up a good point right there, Perez. You're right. That other team, man, they were loud cheering their team on. And our team was just very, very quiet. I'm like, hey, turn up. It's time to turn up. Get back in this game. They were talking a lot of smack talking. They were talking about with Alfred. They were talking about D him up, Perez. Like, hey, he can't dribble. He can't dribble. So they did a hell of a lot of talking about our team. Well, yeah, and think about you- it is that all that shit talk, though, everything they said, we proved them right. Yeah, I'm like, if you look at it, look at look at who was over there on the Grand Rapids team, Lance Stevenson. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he was over there blowing in people's ears, blowing in LeBron James's ear. Like, <laughs> the game is mental. So when you have a guy like that, let's see, that's a guy that, that, man, like, we need a guy like that on the team that's going to not only get the guys, like, pull the guys in that togetherness that I spoke about. I'm like, hey, don't let that get to you. Don't let that get to you. But also be able to dish it out. You know, you also have to get in their heads. You got to talk back. You got to, you know, to get, like I said, the game is mental. So you got to make sure that, that you uh, weather that storm when they are coming at you and, and trying to get into your head and, and get you off your game. No, that's a fair point. Now, it was kind of cool seeing Lance out there because he was literally like 
two like feet away from me, like when I was there covering the game. So it was interesting to seeing him interacting with those guys. And one of my biggest takeaways from watching Lance in that game is he had an exuberance about him. This is an NBA vet, and he was out there playing his ass off. He was hustling, and they're on the sideline. He, I, I was seeing him over there with Georgie. Shout out to Georgie, ILL. He was over there giving Georgie some jewels. And that's somebody, obviously, that's trying to get into the NBA. So it was just awesome to see that he's taking this opportunity, not only to put points up and to make a name for himself, but he's trying to help people around him become better as well. So Grand Rapids, man, they're lucky to have him on that team. Yeah, a guy with past NBA experience, press that he has, and he's sharing that with those young guys, man. That's going to be, again, that's going to help those guys learn to elevate their game, what it, what it takes to become a pro. So good for him. Good for Lance Stevens, man. And the thing is, he's also showing the humbleness too, press And seeing him play like this way, the style he's playing, that's just good for those guys. That's incredible that you put that out there, Perez, man. And, and you know, because the, the world needs to hear that, you know, because I feel like Lance Stevenson's gotten a bad rap. Uh, over the years, you know, for for his uh, his antics, you know, we've seen, but right. but that just shows he's a good dude. You know, he's coming out and he's trying to, you know, impart that knowledge to a to a generation of of guys that, you know, that want to get to the level that he was at, and that he he's coming in with that respect. You know, like man, you've been on that big stage. You know, what can we soak up from you? What can we learn? Opposing players too, you know. So hopefully, you know, our guys. On Windy City was able to, you know, chat with them, you know, and and and, and take in some some knowledge too. DC man, I feel like you you kind of seeing it the way I'm seeing it because after the game, I was watching. I was like, I want to see which one of our guys pull him to the side and talk to him. I didn't see it. I see everybody kind of dap up, and then and, and Lance he went over. He signed autographs for kids for like 20 minutes, and I didn't see not one of our players go over and chop it up with him. And I thought that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, when you got guys that done it before, Perez, you got to soak that information up. Go ask a few questions. Hey, how'd you do it? What kept you in the league? All those kind of things. Go and learn and grow. And sometimes you see a guy like that already done it. It's okay to ask a couple questions. I'll just say this, though. I, I, when I look at this Windy City team right now, the point that DC made earlier about the fact that they need to come together a little bit more, that's kind of what I see with this team. I see this team, if they get hit in the mouth a little bit early on, they fold. You know, we were talking about that with Illinois and how Illinois responded to adversity. I think this team with the Windy City Bulls, they have to do a better job responding to adversity. They get out into these games, and if they get down, they never are able to respond. They don't come back in these matchups. And a lot of times, too, at home, you're supposed to have that home cooking. You're supposed to feel good about being at home. And you're supposed to give your fans a reason to come out to the arena. And right now, they're not doing that. You know, in that game on Sunday, I'm like, hey, guys, uh, if y'all didn't want to hoop tonight, y'all should have just stayed at, at the crib because it just didn't look like they wanted to be there. They got ran off the court. Yeah, hopefully that's not any bad juju that they brought up to the the big team with uh, Mark. <laughs> I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but I know Marco and Devon got some time in there. But, yeah, we don't want that that bad energy festering. So they got to correct that at the Windy City level so that they could turn their record around. Because uh, this this organization, top to bottom, NBA and G League, you know, we're going places. So, yep, agree. Yeah. And then, like I had told you guys, when I had the uh, sit down with Coach Darmasant, he told me they're taking that DNA from the big club, bringing it down to the little club. But right now, I'm not seeing all of those signs. Now, we're not privy to what's going on in practice, the coaching that he's doing behind the scenes. But what I'm seeing on the court right now, I'm not seeing it match up to what we're seeing with that big league team. And I'm hoping that they, you know, step it up a little bit. Because to the point you made, D.C., Marco and Dotson both made their debuts with the NBA club, and 
that Pacers game, which ugh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but they got their debuts. And I would say this, Marco looked pretty impressive to me in that matchup. I don't know what you guys thought about that, but I thought he showed up pretty well when he got some playing time. Yeah. If I'm Marco, I'm like, yeah, I didn't come here to be in the G League, you know, but I mean that like in in the most like head down, I'm going to do what it takes to get to the big club way, you know, like that. And that's not a knock on the Windy City Bulls. It's just more so like, all right, this is what I got to do. It's it's exactly what I'm going to do with it. When I do get my opportunity, I'm going to show you that I'm ready for that moment. So um, I feel like Marco, especially with the lack of size right now, needs a spot over there on that bench. You know, we 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 need bigger bodies. And he did look very impressive. Yeah, man, I'm happy for Marco. You know, I, I think that's one of the guys that I, still, I know, Perez, you got a chance to interview him, man. You root for a guy like him, right? He came on here looking to be part of the big team and also try to make an impact. So the fact that he's starting to get some opportunity, that shows that, shows that coach still has some faith in him, you know? And um, as long as he continues to grow, continue to learn the game here, man, just to the speed and everything else, I think it's going to be fine. But the fact is, he's a guy that could become a difference maker at some point. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I think DeMarco's best served developing further in the G League. But to the point that DC made, because we do have that lack of size on the big team, I do see an opportunity where he'll probably come up pretty often. But I think that he's going to get that consistent playing time with the Windy City team. And I think that's going to help his long-term development. But we saw a small glimpse of him in that Pacers game, guys, because one of the things that really I liked about him is that he only got a couple touches on offense. But the one that he got at the rim, he drew a foul. That's what you want to see. That's stuff that I've seen from him at Whitney City. The way that he kind of plays under the basket. He draws contact. He's very good about getting to the foul line. That's things that's going to translate to the next level. But the thing that people don't talk enough about when it comes to Marco is defensively, guys. I thought he was much better than any of us probably expected he was going to be on that side of the ball. Oh, yeah. He he can move his feet really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got that length. So, you know... I feel like his basketball IQ goes hand in hand with that, you know, that level of expectation that we had. Cause you're right. None of us saw it. None of us saw him having that level of defensive uh, ability, but it's refreshing. It's refreshing to see. And, you know, hats off again to AK and Mark Eversley for making that pick and, you know, uh, taking that chance on him. But uh, we all know uh, that the Euro league is not the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So he was a, he was a standout over there, but you know I, I I agree, Chris. He does needs to get he does need to get that playing time in the G League. But I feel like long term, you saw what Alex Caruso. Look, he's a prime example of of what the G League can do for you. Right. Um, so if 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 that similar effect uh, can be had on Marco, man, he's going to have a, a excellent career. And and the thing too that that's really impressed me, and even when I did have that sit down with him, to your point, uh, A Dub. He talked about work ethic a lot. And when I looked at his eyes, when he made that comment, you hear a lot of athletes cliche use that as a buzzword. But when I talked to his coach, that was the first thing his coach said about him. And you see that on the floor with him, his work ethic, you know that this guy wants it. He talked about it in that interview. He wants to get to the NBA level, but until he gets there, he's going to do all of the things that the coaching staff asked him to do. That's what you want. That's the attitude that you want. And that's somebody that, to me, he digs into that DNA from that big club. And that's somebody that I think is going to be a future rotational piece in this lineup. 
I like what you said around that, man. That's a lot of good information right there, Prez. And you're right, he could be one of those future guys. But one thing I've been enjoying about him, Prez, is that he's not afraid to go get offensive rebounds. You all talked about his defense, and that's great too. But man, to see him want to be a, a shot go up, to go and attack the basket, to be able to play physical, that's what I like about a, a player like that with that size. The one thing, though, that uh, I wanted to, before we, we, we kind of turn the page here, DC brought up the point about AK and the fact that AK drafted him. And we know that AK's history, DC, is very strong with players in the second round. He got Joker, right, in the second round. In this draft, he got Ayo. So this might just be another player that we kind of identify and see that he is someone that's probably going to be another successful uh, second-round draft pick for AK. Yeah, it's it's something about being a second-round pick where you know that you don't have it as easy like your your spot isn't as guaranteed so you have to work harder um and there's a mentality it's it's almost like a brotherhood amongst nba players that have come up through the second round look at draymond green i mean he legit he's one of the best case uh scenarios right there you know they don't expect much from you but you come in and you take your spot and we've seen that with io he's taking his spot Mm -hmm. uh joker he's come in and he took the mvp nobody saw that coming from him so with marco now also a part of that that fraternity if you will have that that club of second rounders he also now has that chip on his shoulder like yep well you know i'm a second rounder but Watch what I do when I do get my opportunity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, speaking of uh, one of AK's uh, former second rounders, we had that Denver Nuggets matchup, and Joker did not suit up. And I'm glad that his ass did not. <laughs> uh, what did you guys think about that ball game against the Nuggets? I thought that was a good game there, man, um, to match the Nuggets. Um, and since, because I know the Nuggets, of course, you know, they're an up-tempo type team. And the Bulls try to slow it down at times, but also can play up-tempo at times. But I thought, man, Zach was phenomenal in that game. Jones Jr. was phenomenal in that game. Of course, you know, DeRozan, DeRozan. But I was impressed, man, with um, Jones Jr., how he was just playing very well off um, Zach Levine and DeRozan. I mean, the guy was just transitioning to the bucket when he fell off the screens and diving. Guys were fighting him, man, for good dunks. So I'll tell you, that fourth quarter was nice, man. I'll tell you one thing. AK probably texted Joker be like, hey, you, you remember that uh, that favor I did for you? Hey, do me a favor. Go ahead and sit it out because I'm going to let my boys show up. You know, I'm going to let my boys, uh, you know, be on showcase tonight, be, uh, you know, get their center stage. Uh, we know that didn't happen. But, you know, the Bulls took full advantage mm-hmm. of that game. That was a game in which we had to come back from that embarrassing loss in Portland because we gave up. That was one we should have had. You know, yes. Um, yes. We we should have had that game, and to close out that West Coast trip, you did not want to go down uh, or come back to Chicago, rather two and three. So we put on a show. That was a that was like Lob City. What did Stacy say? Shots, Jama, <laughs> all day. Marv Albert, yes, like that. Like and that. <laughs> right, <laughs> like that. That that gave me like old school. Bulls feels. And the thing I really, 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 really want to highlight is the way Bulls fans travel. Because when you mm-hmm. heard the let's go Bulls chants in Denver, man, that was glorious. That was something to watch, something to hear. That That's what we need every road game. And I feel like people saw that and people are going to mm-hmm. come out because because there's only a couple of organizations in the NBA that have fans that travel well. It's the Bulls, I would say the Lakers, 
probably the Heat, but that's more so because of what LeBron and D Wade did. But yeah, like and the Bulls are well represented. So yeah, they did their thing. And listen, to that point, DC, that's because Chicago, we're hungry for the Bulls to be back. We're all excited because we miss the Bulls being good. So to that point, I've been over here looking at games where I'm going to be traveling to. I'm going to be looking at that Indianapolis Pacers game next time. I'm taking my ass out to Detroit. Yeah, you heard me right, listeners from <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> I'm pulling up. Uh-oh. Smoke. <laughs> Smoke season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but to that point, though, yeah, we do travel well. But this city, we support our team. And I don't even consider people bandwagon fans if they now just got on board. They didn't know who Io was a year ago. You listen. You know who he is now. That's all that matters. So there's enough room for anybody that wants to cheer on this team because this team right here is fun and exciting. Zach Levine in that Nuggets game, guys, he went off. You talk about that fourth quarter, A-Dub. That man was going bucket after bucket after bucket. I'm like, boy, Zach is in the zone in this ball. And it was a thing of beauty, man. It was a thing of beauty. Yeah, those strings. I I remember going to Bulls-Lakers games from like 10 years ago or so and watching Kobe just 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 take your heart out of your chest shot after shot and I feel like that's what he did to those Nuggets fans mm-hmm. Zach was clutch he clutch I'm, I'm gonna call him clutch Gene Levine from now on because he's got that he's got that in him I see what you did there because he's with clutch look at DC I like that yes sir I like that there we go and Zach was knocking it down I mean you know, you like when you see guys get in the zone for us. It's one thing to get in the zone throughout the floor of the game, but it's another thing to get in the zone when the, when the game is on the line, right? When you keep hitting big baskets after big baskets. And that's what Zach, man, was in the zone doing. I was like, man, this guy's carrying, pretty much showing you why he's an all-star. And to me, I think he took his game to the next level for us this year. So even though he's been playing a little bit with um, the Rosen and sharing the ball and sharing the wealth, to me, I think this guy's gotten better. Yeah, now one thing, though, in this matchup, and I know you guys saw this, Aaron Gordon. He played his ass off. And there was a couple times there when I was looking at him, and I was like, he was kind of going at Derrick Jones Jr. A little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Did y'all see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's uh he's a little hurt. He got robbed in those dunk contests. You know, like uh yeah, I remember back with uh, you know, with Levine, like Aaron Gordon has no hardware, to my no. knowledge. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. No, but we no, did two, not win a single contest. Nope. But we had two dunk champions on that court. So you'd know he was in his feelings a little bit. That game. <laughs> and he light skin. Can't lie. I, I, hey, look, I'm not mad at him, man. You right, right, Prince. Hey, man, he did good on dunk concerts. I thought he won one of them. No, I ain't gonna even lie, man. I thought he won one of those dunk concerts. Yeah, it is what it is, Aaron. You, you a millionaire. Move on. <laughs> exactly. Get over it, man. It's been some years now. Let it go. Hey, hey, can we can we give some props to Alex Caruso too? Because that one possession where he just like I've I, I've never seen a clinic defensively put on like I've seen Alex Caruso. He's just out there like getting material for a master class. I feel like he's going to have his own master class session on defense after the season is over something. You're going to be able to log online and <laughs> go to Alex Caruso's master class uh, on uh, defense because it's it's been a beautiful thing to watch. And DC, when you bring up his name, I just had a big smile on my face because we didn't see this Caruso in L.A. because he didn't get a chance to show this. He is getting an opportunity here, and he is showing the league that not only does he belong, but shit, he he's, he deserves all the playing time that they can afford him right now because he is that dude. 
He, is he doesn't mind matching up against anybody. Press, you put Caruso no. on the guard, man. He's gonna take it very serious on every play, man. This dude mm-hmm. stripping you, press. You come to the bucket, he's trying to get rid pieces in your face. I, I like Caruso, man. I didn't know he was this good. He could press. I'll tell you one thing this is a steal for the Bulls for sure. A big time Lakers loss. And, and speaking of Lakers losses, I mean, I know every time they lose, they gotta be like, sitting there like holding i don't know if y'all seen that wolverine meme where he's laying sure. on bed with the picture yep. <laughs> he's got a picture of alex caruso they just crying shedding tears like how did we let how did we let you go you know? <laughs> ak happened that's how shit ak happened, that's what happened. That phone. and you know what to that point dc you talked about this in free agency the first call the bulls made was to d rose that didn't work out the second call went to caruso so getting to d rose we had the Knicks matchup that came through here, and our boy Pooh was back. Now, in this matchup, guys, we saw DeMar DeRozan look at Zach and say, you know what, I got you tonight. And my boy DeMar put up another 30 ball for us, man. But, fellas, what are some of your initial thoughts of that Knicks matchup? Because that was another one that had me fired up. I'm all for DeMar DeRozan getting that 40. Kobe got some shine there. He he happened to mention yep. that DeMar's nickname is Debo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I had to think of that, that classic uh, – that classic line in Friday, like, you got him a 40, homie. Right, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so <laughs> so I'm like, DeMar has yet to get that 40 piece yet, but it's coming. And I thought I thought the New York game would be that game. But uh, but no, no, but DeMar is, DeMar is spectacular, man. DeMar is a proven vet. And we just talked about what it takes for these guys in the Windy City uh, Bulls uh, team and how they have to just make it to the league. Well, DeMar has been a walking bucket mm-hmm. for years, year in, year out. So he knows what it takes to 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 carry on a legacy and get better. We, we I feel like DeMar still has a, a level to go higher. And we haven't seen the, you know, the full blossoming of his game yet, but he's a mid-range assassin. And uh, I, I felt personally conflicted uh, when when Derrick Rose <laughs> on a couple of possessions, you know, like when uh, it's like, man, I want to root for Pooh, but at the same time, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm glad you found us, Derrick. I'm glad I'm glad we're going to the line there. <laughs> you, know? you know what? To that point, DC. You know, I smiled a couple times during that game. A couple times when Io was guarding D Rose, a couple times when I saw them like kind of standing next to each other, and I could tell they was talking a little shit to each other. I love that man. That's that Chicago shit. Io, obviously, we know he ain't backing down from nobody. But I just love that the, in that game he got a chance to match up a couple times against D Rose. A little bit of shot time love right there, Fred. That's all that was. A little shot time love. Yeah, Io was not afraid either. I I was out there like a kid in a candy store. He's like, I'm playing up against my idol, man. Like this this is better than birthday, Christmas times ten. Like <laughs> this that's a dream come true right there. So ah, man, it was I, I want that New York and Chicago rivalry. Mm-hmm. Like if we match up in the playoffs, good, you know. You know, I'm sure New York will be a lower seed, but you know Of course they will. They'll be yeah, and we won't knock them out, you know. <laughs> Get knocked out like your father used to. (laughs) Come on, Craig. Right. We're going to send Debo at him. But, you know, I do want to touch on something that you brought up, uh, DC. You talked about Kobe. And in this game, that fourth quarter, Kobe kind of went off a little bit. He was in double digits there for the game, but he scored 10 of those 14 points in that fourth quarter. 
And now you start to see he's starting to get in his bag a little bit now. And what did he say after the game? He said, man, I'm just enjoying the moment. He even said that UC haven't been that lit in this whole time that he's been here. So now you could tell, like, Kobe's also seeing the specialness of this time and in this, in this moment. Yeah, Perez, he, he really is starting to see that, man, and see some success um, in his career, you know, um, because that's something he hasn't quite seen yet. So it's good to see that part of it, how this team has changed from last year to this year. And then the other point you hit, Perez, about how he played in that fourth quarter, how he played off those guys, that was good to see, too, because he knocked down some nice threes, some open threes, man. There were big shots, and he came to play. So that's what you looking forward to seeing him do, right, to be another option for the Bulls um, during this season here as long as he's playing. So I want to see him continue to do well for us, but I'm glad now that he's starting to see what a winning coach it looks like. Yeah, yeah. that's a fair point because Levine struggled there um, from the field, and I thought that Kobe picked him up. Yeah, it was it was a little uncomfortable to watch Kobe those first few games. It, mm-hmm. it reminded me of like when a, when an animal – his first being born, a four-legged animal, like a deer, just first being born and trying to walk for a little bit. Like, uh, <laughs> just his game was so... Watch, right? <laughs> right, he was so unsure of itself, like, a little wobbly, like, what, what do I do? Like, he, he was in his head completely. And I, I'm i glad that he snapped out of it in the uh, in the New York game. I said, you know, it's 5 a.m. somewhere, so his game finally decided to wake up, so serve him pancakes while you're at it. <laughs> what he did that's exactly what he did but he's a he's a catch and shoot player that's where he's comfortable he's comfortable mm-hmm. in the in the in the open court you know um he's um he's just gotta settle down because like you said prez the the uc hasn't been like this mm-hmm. it's almost like he got drafted to a completely different organization which he did right it was garpax it was the garpax regime it was felicio's you know, we oh, have Felicia's and Valentine's. So, yeah, he's just, he's still in shock. Like, wow, this is real basketball. This is what it should be. So, Boy, those are some dark names that you just rattled off. I just, I just had a sudden <laughs> sense of depression that just went over my entire body. <laughs> we have come a long way, man. We have come a long way. Wow. And it's, thanks, it's Thanksgiving. So, let's all be thankful for that. Thank this you. <laughs> Thank you. But something that I'm probably not as thankful for is our performance in that Pacers game. So we shouted out Marco and Dotson as far as our Windy City guys that finally made their debuts in the season in the NBA. But that came with the fact that we got blown out. Fellas, what went wrong in this game? Because I got a lot to say, but I just want to give you guys first shot at it because that shit was awful. I'll just keep it very simple, man. We got punched in the mouth and we did not respond back. I mean, they, Indiana got whatever they wanted, inside, outside game. I mean, we couldn't guard the screen and roll. We couldn't do anything, man. It looks like we had lazy legs or something, Perez, or tired legs. But we just didn't look like the same team. And that first quarter really just showed me what we're going to be for the rest of the game. Fucking yeah. Karis LeVert, man. Damn. <laughs> people people got to understand, like, the Eastern Conference is no joke. Mm-hmm. Like, every, even though Indiana is sitting 13th right now, like, they've got a legit shot at making the playoffs. There's 13 solid competitive teams in the East without, you know, we, we, we're looking at, you know, Detroit and Orlando as the two, you know, the ones that aren't really going to do much. But, yeah, Indiana's tough. Sabonis, Miles Turner, like, Brogdon. Brogdon is a steady. He reminds me a lot of Mike Conley, just a steady point guard. Not going to do anything, like, real flashy or anything, but just knows exactly where to be and where to put the ball. 
So I knew it would be a tough matchup, but like you said, A-Dub, just tired. Like, that was a game where, you know, we I, I feel like mentally losing Caruso, knowing that Caruso wasn't going to play, just kind of deflated all the energy. Not just, I, I think just seeing Caruso come out in street clothes and address the, address the crowd, you know, it just took all the air out of the out of the UC. It took all the air out of the team. Like they like that's their guy, and I feel like the Bulls are gonna go as as Caruso goes too. He's he's one of those key important players on the team. Well, yeah, that's a hell of a point because I think a lot of times when you see when he gets in that game, a lift naturally comes with him just being on the floor. We didn't have that in this ball game. I made that reference to Karis LeVert. He got off to a good start in that game. Holiday got off to a good start, but then to the point that you guys made about Brogdon, he's just a steady player. He plays at his own pace, but the guy just, man, he just, he just scores buckets. I mean, he's got that old man game from the eighties. You're not going to hurry anything up about his game, but he's going to put a bucket on you. And that's the thing we saw that in this matchup, not having Caruso here. It really hurt us, but fellas shooting in this game was a big problem. I mean, I that atrocious. defense, from the, yeah, it was bad. And that defense from the Pacers, I think, had a lot to do with that as well. I would say Portland is is more respectable defensively under Billups. So Portland, Denver, New York, and then Indiana. We had four tough defensive matchups in a row. That was tough. And that, and that next game, we were out there playing five on eight at times because the refs in that game were just bad, terrible. So mentally, that was exhausting. And then, then you get to this Pacers game where you're looking at it on the schedule like, yeah, this should be an easy win, but eh, not so much because, you know, the Pacers are our credible team. And, uh, yeah, just that we just didn't have it. And they knew it. The shots were falling short. They, mm-hmm. The guys just they, – they just defeated themselves. So it just wasn't our night. To the point you guys made those back to backs, DC. That's they they caught us at a good time, I think. Yeah, you know what? Indiana is a good team. They really are. They're better than they what they record show. I will say that much for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what, guys? You're all right, man. They just having to catch us at the right time. I think we'll be better next time we face them. We know what they can do. Uh, we know the impact of, like you said, with Caruso not being there, we didn't have a, another defensive stopper, which what well, we needed, we did. We need somebody else to, you know, attack Brogdon, put some more pressure on him. You know how it go. We don't have a lot of guys on this team that really can do what Caruso does. So not having him really does hurt a little bit. And the fact that Sabonis was giving us that business down low as well. And <laughs> I was like, boy, I was like, man, he was in his bag like his daddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he and he was an all-star for a reason people don't people don't like to to mention that uh with indiana yeah they sabonis was an all-star mm-hmm. and they don't uh, put respect on the though dc they don't and my and, and brogdon was rookie of the year so and and rick carlisle has won a championship so they may be uh they they may not be as flashy have as they, they they're not the sexy pick is if you want to say it that way but you know they are, like I said, a very credible uh, team when they step on that basketball court. They do deserve respect. No, that's a, a, a fucking fair point. Now, I'm going to uh, transition this thing over to a subject that I think a lot of people in Bears Nation are curious to hear our thoughts on. Matt Nagy, guys, has come under fire from the fan base, nationally, just everybody right now is just calling for this man's job. And for me, and I'm just going to tell you guys this. It's one thing for us to say, look, look, this guy's not getting it done. 
He has ruined Justin Fields. He tried to ruin Justin Fields. His offense is atrocious, whatever the case may be. The fired Matt Nagy chance that went on at the Bears game, fine. The chance that went on at the Bulls game, I thought a little extra, but whatever, fine. But there were some fans that went to Matt Nagy's kids' high school football game and were yet letting out those fired Nagy chants at a high school football game. I don't think that was cool. The man's at a, at a game with his kid trying to enjoy being a father, right? You know how that goes. It's important, man, to spend that bond with your, your son and watch your son play. That's a special moment. But to hear those kind of chants like that, even though Nagy stayed in here in his press, that's what he said he didn't hear it. But still, the fact that a lot of fans heard that part of it, that's not cool for anyone to, to, to actually, um, you know, spring fire you while your kid there. That's something you don't want to see happen. They've seen enough of it already watching the Bulls, also at the games, you know. That's just too much. And that's too excessive, if you ask me. Great point, A-Dub. Uh, fans got to know when to draw the line. If you see him over there, and, and this is a dad moment for him, just have a little respect, have a little class. Go at him on Twitter. <laughs> you know, do it at other games. Do it at the Bulls games, wherever. Uh, call into the radio stations, whatever. You know, but if if the man is there and he's trying to enjoy some time with his kids, man, just put yourself in his shoes. Because... I think the whole world knows that he's not going to be coaching the Bears moving forward. I think Matt Nagy knows. And if he doesn't know, he's delusional. (laughs) But um, you really can't, uh, you can't, can't pull that card out the deck. That wasn't a good look. No, I agree with you guys a hundred percent. And that's the thing too. You guys know that I'm a very fanatical Bears fan. I was one of those fans at the games that was letting off those, those chants about him. And I think that comes with the territory, right? right? However, I think what you guys both shared is a fair point. We got to separate Matt Nagy from the NFL head coach of our franchise, favorite franchise's football team versus Matt Nagy, the father, right? The human being. He's at his kid's game. That's probably one of his rare opportunities that he can decompress and not be Matt Nagy, the head coach. And people wouldn't allow his kids to enjoy playing in a playoff game. That's just not cool, man. So, any of the people that were doing that, and if you guys happen to be listening to this show, do better. Be better. That was some bullshit. It was lame. Like, what are we doing? You want somebody to come to your job and do that shit to you? It's, it's, it's silly to me. It, it, I don't get it. Leave people's kids and their family out of these situations. I just, I just think that you have to draw a line somewhere. And people in this world, they just become very disrespectful, in my opinion. People do too much out here. And we got to just be a little bit more compassionate towards people football and sports is one thing but humanity is a different thing and to me humanity matters more than fucking mad Nagy having an awful offense for the chicago bears that's just the way i see it i hate the offense that is so bad by the way but come on now <laughs> his kids play a football game like what are we doing that's that's a five-star point right there man like that's you know you it's the game of life it's, it's humanity that's the biggest game that we're all in and that's the one we all share the Bears, it's, it's all entertainment. I'll take it in this direction, too. You know, we all want to talk about mental health, right? Mm-hmm. But nobody's championing uh, or, or trying to come to the aid of Matt Nagy's mental health right now. That's a fair point, DC. Right. You know, because what if, what if his coaching ability is affected by the things that we're doing and saying? Honestly, like, what if he can't be the best coach right now because of the fire and the hot seat that he's sitting on? So... 
you know, he, I'm pretty sure he'll land on his feet somewhere else. He has a winning record still as a Bears coach. Um, if he winds up on a Green Bay coaching staff and he hates Chicago from here on out, I understand. <laughs> I understand, Matthew. Right. You know, wow. because uh, we're we're rough. <laughs> Yeah, a rough yeah. around the edges sometimes, but this this shit is rough. Now I'm, I am going to say something kind of fucked up here, but I hope he does end up in Green Bay because they need to fucking experience what we've experienced these last four years. That's all I'm going to say here. <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears, Prince. Post <laughs> <laughs> so, Jordan Love. That's right. There, there you go. Thank you. Please, <laughs> please. <laughs> Before we get out of here, I, I just want to get you guys' things on. What are your thoughts about the Bears game uh, that they're going to have on Thanksgiving? So, audience, by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be Friday. They play on Thanksgiving Day. But, fellas, just going into this matchup, what is one thing that you're looking forward to seeing in this game? I'm looking forward to seeing the defense, Fred. I think this is probably going to be a bounce-back game for the defense. I'm looking forward to seeing them and seeing what they're going to do I think, you know, this is one of those games that the Bears really want to win, and I think it still starts with the defense and what they're going to do. So I'm looking forward to watching the defense. I'm looking forward to seeing Andy Dalton because this is probably going to be one of the few times we could see him play a full game, you know, with Justin Fields out. So, you know, I'm just just curious. You know, the season is what the season is at this point, but, you know, I just want to see what he uh, what he can do in a Bears uniform, and, you know, hopefully we can put some some points up on the board. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, DC. Um, I'm looking at this as well, and I'm hoping that he could jumpstart the offense. He showed us some really good promising signs there in the second half of the last ball game. So I think that's something that I'm looking forward to. But most importantly, man, I just want to dub, man. I, I just don't want to be sitting there on Thanksgiving Day frustrated, man, because my favorite team is getting embarrassed by the damn Detroit Lions. Like, I just want to get a dub, man. Let's get this game. I'm not going to call it a winnable game, but let's just get this dub. You know, it's a team that I, I, in my mind, guys, I just think that we're a better football team than the Lions. We haven't played like it as of late, but I think that we're a better team than them. So we got to go ahead and get that dub. Yeah, man, we got to get that dub, Perez. And that's really what it's about, man. A good day and get a victory for the Bears Nation. That's what we want, man. That would be a good week for me. Now, is there is there any uh, any chance, let's just say, you know, miracles happen. Let's just say the Bears are on the table and go, you know, undefeated the rest of the way out by some, you know, like just some like act of God, if you want to put it that way. Do you like our chances uh, at making the playoffs? Let's just say we finish, what, 10 and 7? Mm, I don't know, DC. Um, <laughs> and I, we, we talk about this <laughs> a lot. And when you look at the schedule, bro, I just don't see any chance of us running the table, you know. Oh, neither do I. Yeah, But hear me out, though. The dysfunction and all that bullshit that's going on in the house hall right now with the rumor that came out that the coaches going to get fired after the game, the fact that the organization didn't come out and dispute those facts, the fact that they let Matt Nagy go up there and, and have to answer those questions alone, just everything you're seeing, this is a dis- dysfunctional organization. And this is the damn... This is now how this team is going to go into a game on Thanksgiving. So when I look at that, if this is the stuff that we're seeing on the outside, can you imagine the fucking bullshit that's going on internally? Oh, yeah, it's probably miserable. Yeah. So to that point, no, I don't see us doing anything but continue to lose these games. And if by the grace of God we do go on some sort of a winning streak and make it into the playoffs, it's going to be another first-round bow-out because I just don't 
I just don't have any faith, not only in the coaching staff, but I also kind of feel like that some of these players, I feel like some of them are checked out. And I hate to say this, but Allen Robinson, he might have checked out on this team. Mm. This has been a tough season in general, right, Press? Of losing mm. games that are winnable games and, and to where we are right now, like you said, right now, man, it's a circus right now. And now going to play Detroit after a circus week, it, it's just tough, man. You never know what's going to happen here, but guys checking out, that's a tough call right there, man. And um, That's just sad. It just sucks, but I can't really blame him after all what's been going on. It just all looks bad, Chris. Bad, very bad. Yeah, and so, then Khalil Mack is done for the year, too, uh, with his surgery, too. So, yeah, it's that's a hit to your morale right there. You know, your defense is just crumbling, and, you know, the instability in the front office and the head coach, yeah, it's, it's rough. And to the point that you made there about Khalil Mack, you bring in this top-tier pass rusher. You thought you had the quarterback in Mitch. Either he wasn't the guy or Matt Nagy wasn't the guy to get the best out of him. But nevertheless, you wasted years of Khalil Mack's prime. Now we're probably going to see the back end of Khalil Mack's career here where he's probably going to be more of a banged-up player. We've seen his last couple seasons. A lot of injuries for Khalil Mack. But that takes the toll of all those double teams and those triple teams and his style of play. Now we're starting to see some of that, him playing through injuries a lot. So we've wasted years of this guy's prime, and that Khalil Mack contract is going to be an albatross going down the stretch here. Mm, definitely, maybe right there. Well, do you think that they're going to win uh, on Thanksgiving, D.C.? I, I want to say yes, but I wouldn't be surprised if that answer is no. Hmm. Okay. I know Dub's answer to this question. He said that they were going to win. I think they're going to win as well. I think A-Dub, the, the way that I look at this matchup is, I think this is a prideful team. I feel good about our chances winning on Thanksgiving. Now, anything past that, I don't know. But at least going into Thanksgiving, <laughs> I think that these guys are going to get it done. Yeah, I hope they get it done over some turkey, man. I really do. The reason why I'm kind of hopeful, because I know Detroit has not been a team that we talk about don't play a full game. They always find some way to just screw it all up. So hopefully the Bears don't make a, that many mistakes to where we screw it up, right? So uh, I'm hopeful. I think we'll get the win, Perez. But man, like DC said, if we were to lose that game, all this stuff all adds to that we've been seeing over the course of weeks to make us say, you know what? Why should we be shot? And I think our ground game and that pass rush is going to be just enough, DC, to get us over the hump. But anything past that part, we got the Cardinals, the Packers, the Vikings, bro. Man, that shit about to be a fucking nightmare for us. <laughs> <laughs> good luck to the good luck to the Bears, man. That's all I gotta say, man. Because those games don't look easy. No, no, hey, not yo. only good luck to uh, good, good luck to the Bears, but shit, good luck to us. We gotta watch that shit. <laughs> no, no paper bags over your heads at the games at Soldier Field, guys. You know, it's not it's not that bad. You know, no, I, I, I don't do that just because like, well, shit, I look good. I'm, I'm gonna put a paper bag over my head. Now. If I let them fuck <laughs> yeah. other people do that shit. Now some of these fans get now. Nah, I know, these fans I know. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let them do that. I'm like, hey, where your paper bag? I'm like, shit, I don't know what you look like under that paper bag, sir. Hey, on that paper bag, saying fire Nagy, right? You in a paper bag, saying fire Nagy? What the hell? Right. Hey, yeah. man, chill. <laughs> <laughs> like take that take that paper bag off, sir. And you take it off. I'm like, no, nah, go ahead and put that shit back on. We need to fire Nagy and that face. Anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Audience, final segment time, if this city could talk. And mine's gonna be a quick shout out to Nikola Vucevic, our Chicago Bears center. We miss him dearly. Can't wait till he gets back out there. But if this city could talk, it would give a shout out to Vooch for providing around 450 Thanksgiving meals 
to Chicago's little village neighborhood. Well needed. It's showing that he's already coming here to Chicago to not only make a difference on the court, but also making a difference in the community. So shout out to you, Vooch. If this city could talk, salute to you and what you did for Chicago's little village neighborhood. That's what's up right there, Perez. Salute to that big time. And I want to also throw a shout out, similar to what Perez said, to the city of Chicago. They always do a good job at, you know, giving out food and dinner dinners to people of underserved communities. And we do a good job at that around this time frame. I've drove downtown Chicago just watching those kind of things occur. So I want to salute to the city for continuing doing that. And for those who actually came by, salute to you all as well. Holidays is around the time frame of giving, and that's what Chicago do. Most times that's what we do. So salute to the city. Both of those takes were five stars, guys. Very, very big salutes right there to Vooch and to the city. And then I'm going to, you know, keep in line with that. I'm going to give a special shout out and a salute to a former Chicago Bears player, alumni Devin Hester, for being named as a uh, one of the modern era modern era semifinalists for the 2022 Hall of Fame. So big, big congratulations there. Um, I know they will uh, announce uh, who makes it on February 10th. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's huge because he's one of the goats of the Bears organization. You know, no no one has ever uh, ran a football back quite like Devin Hester. So number 23, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's always going to hold a special place in our hearts uh, in a Bears jersey. No, that's facts there, DC. And I always share this story with uh, some Bears fans when they talk about Devin Hester. I talk about my grandmother in DC. You met her. She was very quiet, you know, unless you pissed her off, but she was very quiet for the most part. But whenever Devin Hester would have the ball in his hand, she'd be smacking the side of the recliner that she would sit in, and she'd be yelling at the TV for him to score. And that was, like, the only time that I ever saw her get, like, fired up like that. Like I said, unless you pissed her off. But that guy right there not only had that feeling for people's grandmothers, but all of us as Bears fans. (laughs) And the generation of Bears fans are going to come after us that are going to watch those highlights because you're never going to see something like that again. Not at all. Special player. Oh, yeah, definitely a special player. Very special player. And and I expect for him definitely to get inducted into that Hall of Fame. So that was was a dope on DC. Well, audience, as always, we appreciate your support of this show. Please join us on our exclusive community, Chicago Versus, on the Crave It app. You can find that app on Apple and Android applications. We are the Chicago State of Mind podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Chicago State of Mind. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow or subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We appreciate your support of our show. If this city could talk, it would say Michael Jordan is and always will be the greatest of all time. The GOAT. You asked all my teammates. One thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.